0: You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode.
1: This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkness.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits.
0: It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Bumps all through the night, mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast, you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries,
1: eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host, Jerry and Tracy Pauline and their dog ninja.
0: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 125 of Billy Horror Stories. My name is Jerry.
1: Hello guys, my name is Tracy.
0: This is our episode before Christmas, so we want to say oh, a I big know. Merry Christmas to yes. all of you out there. Merry Ho Ho! And if you celebrate other uh, holidays such as Kwanzaa or uh, Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah, Happy uh, Kwanzaa. Just happy holidays in general for anything you may be celebrating this time of year.
1: Absolutely. We did some celebrating today with... Uh, our kids and it was quite crazy
0: yeah everybody's got so many different things going on straight on christmas day that we kind of mix it up a little bit so we can limit some of the traveling that the kids do since some of them live hour and a half two hours away now
1: yeah it was a great day
0: so always we want to thank our military and civil servants all over the world no matter which country you represent
1: amen you guys stay safe out there I wish y'all could be home for Christmas but we just want to thank you for protecting us every day and putting your life on the line for us and that goes for everybody
0: yep also want to um, mention because we always do at this portion of the show that if you're having a rough time especially with the holidays we know it's tougher for a lot of you out there feel free to reach out to us to anybody in, in the group, to the suicide hotline, which is 1-800-278-8255, and seven four one seven four one is the text number if you're more of a texter. Reach out and get somebody. Trust me, you're not a burden, uh, and I know that's what a lot of people think in their heads, that nobody wants to be bothered with their problems, and that's not the case at all.
1: Yeah, like for me, even yesterday, I was pretty down. You know, missing my mom a whole lot this Christmas, and I miss her every day, but for some reason this year has been awful hard on me, so, but, you know, if anybody just needs to talk about that or anything, just feel free to give us a call. We'd appreciate it.
0: We've got a, a good listener. I say good listener, like we've got bad listeners. <laughs>
1: I mean... We know, we know what you mean.
0: I mean, we've got a loyal listener. Mm-hmm. Um, Dolly wanted me to bring something up on this subject, and that's... CTE, which is uh, obviously an illness that a lot of people uh, get depression and uh, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that after they've suffered a lot of um, uh, hits to the head, concussions, that type of stuff. So you see a lot of of, uh, athletes uh, with this.
1: I've had Uh, that, actually. Right. I've had several concussions and it makes you, I don't know.
0: Well, but I was talking more of the CTE is typically people mm-hmm. who've suffered a lot of concussions. Yeah. Um, so Junior Sayow, which was a, a big time football player yes. for the Chargers for years, some years back, uh, three, I can't remember now, but it's been four or five years ago. He was suffering and he committed suicide by shooting himself in the chest Mm -hmm. and left a letter that he did it that way because he wanted his brain to be able to be examined.
1: Wow. No Um, kidding.
0: Of course, then now there's all the lawsuits in the NFL with trying to settle, you know, for concussions Mm -hmm. and they're changing the rules to benefit that, which is all good. Uh, But Dolly wanted me to bring that up because there was a young man that came back from the military uh, in Iowa and, um, I think this gentleman had played football with her son or against her son, mm-hmm. but she said there were three different three different players all in this from the same small town that all pretty much had committed suicide. <gasps> and it was based on CTE oh, no, over you're kidding. a short period of time. But this one gentleman had just gotten back from the military, and uh, but he had, was a football player before that. Lots of hard hits, lots of concussions, yeah. and he did the similar thing to what Junior Seau did. He shot himself in his chest. And he left directions on what to do with his body oh afterwards, gosh. mainly so his brain could be wow. researched. And
1: uh, that's, I mean, that is something to really think that out like that.
0: So, well, it's, it's people that think they can definitely make a difference, even though yeah. they're, they're ending their life, but they, they, they feel like that this could get more knowledge out yeah. there.
1: Oh, bless their hearts.
0: So I did want to bring that up because it, it actually is a valid point that just something to think about if you've got kids and and uh they're playing you're gonna have them playing sports or something like that just keep in mind that that mm-hmm. these concussions and stuff i I love football i played football mm-hmm. and i uh, was actually all state in some categories and honorable mention and mm-hmm. i couldn't imagine not playing football i uh, never suffered a concussion uh, that i know of and but that being said, I don't know, looking at what I know now, that if I had a kid that was that age, if I would be so excited if they played mm-hmm. football. I'm sure I would let them if they wanted to. Yeah. But that would be a concern that I never would have had 30 Yeah, years well, ago.
1: I mean, you honestly, you just don't really think mm-hmm. of that.
0: So, and, and there's other things, too. You know, soccer. I mean, I know everybody's playing soccer now. But you know what? There's a lot of people that take a lot of these balls, hit them in the head. They use their head. As part of the, uh, mm-hmm. the the game, and there's a lot of soccer players that get concussions and stuff like that just mm-hmm. from the. So it's I don't know. It's just something to keep in mind that if you've got a kid and maybe they have had a couple of concussions or something, eh, maybe keep that in mind that mm-hmm. moving forward that it might not be the best thing. And, the, yeah. and I know in today's age everybody's like, oh my god, they're you know pussying up the sport and this and that. And I, I get it. It's it's mm-hmm. not the same as it used to be, <clears throat> but Sometimes things change because you just get more information out there.
1: Right, right. Well, thank you, Dolly, for sharing that with us.
0: I don't want to dwell too far and be a complete, you know, bummer to start the show, but I thought it was important enough to mention. Yeah, of uh, course. Especially considering that we talk about that every start of the show. Right now. Go ahead. Go on. I'll wait. Okay, seriously. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Give them a shot. Not going to waste a lot of time. We're going to jump into the show tonight. Uh, I do want to say we got a bunch of live shows coming up. Oh, I'm, I'm not, so excited! Yeah, tons of them. Just go to our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com. Click on the live shows, and you'll see everything we got coming up. The only thing I'm going to really touch on, Bobby Mackey's, is about half sold out now. There's mm-hmm. only 50 tickets available. We've sold over 20. Sold over 20 for Atchison, Kansas, and I'm touching on Atch- Atchison, Kansas, because that's the Sally House um, is right there, and that's going to be part of what we do. But I posted on our Facebook page and in the group that Maria Miller gave some links to a bunch of events. I said they were going to do a bunch of events specifically for us. And she gave us the links to all these events with all the special prices and the times. And if anybody wants to do that, they can jump on like there's going to be a full uh, full investigation of the sally house
1: oh my gosh i'm still freaking out over that but
0: there's only like 20 spots available yeah so that's that's it somebody can have my spot right (laughs) so there's gonna be 20 spots available it's like 65 bucks which Uh is extremely cheap for something like this uh Uh, you know waverly if you go you know spend a couple hours at waverly for an actual investigation i mean it's you know you'll spend a hundred dollars minimum and you got to have like 10 people yeah you know so this one just jump in there and we'll have some fun with it but that's all I'm going to touch on that. You can go to the website and get that information. And if you want to see all the other stuff that we're doing in Atchison, just go to our group and uh, our our Facebook page, because we've got our page that we don't do a ton with. We just post a show in there. It'd be easier to find there. Just go to and then uh, or go to hillbillyhorrorstories on our Facebook page, and you'll see all that information and all the links. Okay. This is something I never thought I would do on this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a caveat so I can almost say that I really didn't do it two weeks in a row. But honestly, I think we're going to have two weeks in a row of cryptids. <laughs> but I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Wendigo is more of a legend and not a cryptid. I, I consider that more of a monster. So I can kind of technically say we really didn't do two weeks in a row. Okay. But most of you are going to say it's two weeks in a row of cryptids. But I found this story. I was completely unaware of the story. I found it by accident. And I thought it was fascinating, and the more I started reading about it, I'm like, we've got to do a show on this. And at first, I was like, I don't know if we'll have enough to do a whole show. Maybe we'll do two you know, two different uh, stories this week. But then I started getting into it and getting into it, and, getting, and lo and behold, it's like, there's plenty on here to do a whole show. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe I've never heard of this story before now. So, how about that?
1: that? That sounds good, and we will do our iTunes reviews and Patreons, which, let me tell you, Oh, my gosh. We had 19 new reviews, you all. That is the best Christmas present ever. It's like so many. I'm like so touched and blessed that you guys did that. It means the world to us. And if I
0: got touched, that would be the best Christmas gift ever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, you're so funny. I
0: know. No.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: like right. A, huh? Okay. Nothing. Uh, nah. no, I was going to say, I'm, I'm used to at this point. I'm like a sexual camel.
1: You are? You yeah. don't need no water? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, before you start can you get that stuff off of your lip because it's driving me nuts it's toilet paper or whatever it is okay thank you okay i well. would have reached out and touched you then
0: yeah sure you would have all right okay
1: let's get started
0: another cryptid story two weeks in a row merry christmas merry christmas that? I know, I know some people are really going to enjoy it. Natasha will love it, loves cryptids. Chelsea and I love mm-hmm. cryptids. Yeah. And they're always begging us to do more. And as usual, I just tell them, um, no, they're not interesting. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> You're wrong.
0: Our story tonight comes from the southern part of Illinois. And the southern part of Illinois is full of paranormal activity and strange occurrences. Now, we've done a few stories from uh, Alton, Illinois. And this is kind of in the same neck of the woods. As far as southern Illinois. So Native Americans and early settlers will tell you stories of strange lights and entities that stalk the forest, hearing bizarre screams and shrieks, seeing shadow people, all in this area.
1: Wow, that's a whole bunch. Yeah, it
0: goes way back. So Native tribes believed that this land was cursed. They believed that evil spirits would roam all over the area, so much so that it was given the nickname of the Devil's Kitchen.
1: Wow, sort of like the kitchen sink,
0: everything's know, thrown no, in I there. I don't know why they would call it the devil's kitchen. I mean, I don't know if he's cooking up some good stuff, or I don't I don't know why it would be called the devil's kitchen.
1: Because what I just said.
0: No, I don't think that's it. Well, There's
1: everything in there but the kitchen sink.
0: Okay, yes. Well, I mean, I guess that would kind of makes sense. Yeah. How many Native Americans had a kitchen?
1: I don't know. They did it the right way. They cooked um. on the
0: outdoors. Right, so it's kind of with the whole thing of the kitchen, or they yeah. just have you know mark a line some you know lines mm-hmm. in the sand or dirt. <laughs> I
1: don't think now they you're do that. entering
0: the kitchen. Remember, like Les Nessman's door <laughs> on WKRP, mm-hmm. where he didn't really have a door, we had yeah. to fake like there was a door. Yep. I, so anyway, this is in an, an area. It's a little rural town, and it's called Enfield. Oh, that's where our story. And some people will hear Enfield. And think of the Enfield poltergeist, which Uh is what they did The Conjuring 2 about. And we, um, like I said, we've actually done a story on that too. So when I saw Enfield first, I thought that's what it was. Yeah. But this is not what this is because this is obviously not in the United Kingdom. It is here in America. So here is one of the most bizarre cryptids to emerge to become one of the biggest mystery creatures ever encountered.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: This creature would come to be known as the Enfield Horror.
1: Horror? Horror. Oh, wow.
0: Sounds (laughs) nasty. (laughs) I love how excited you get. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) The town of uh, Enfield is where it it made its first appearance, and Enfield is located in southeast Illinois, right in the corner Mm -hmm. of southeast Illinois, I guess I should say. So this event, the very first one we're going to talk about, April 25th, 1973. There's a 10-year-old little boy. He was playing in his backyard. His name was Greg Garrett. He comes running into the house through the back door. He's screaming. He's crying hysterically. He said that a creature, approximately five feet tall, with three legs, short, stumpy arms, its hands had, like, large talons on it, like yeah. a, an eagle or something would have. Or was, what was it on uh, <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite? that it would have talons. Remember the... Oh, yeah. a couple oh, His mystical character. Right. Yeah. So, he said it was gray and had slimy skin and huge red eyes. The creature ran towards the boy. It ran over his feet and kind of stomped on his feet, you know, as he <gasps> oh, ran past. Dude. Its claws ripped the boy's shoes to shreds. So, police were called and they could find no sign of the creature whatsoever. So that was the first incident.
1: Did it cut his feet?
0: I don't know if it cut his feet or not. Oh my I didn't gosh. see anything on that. So you're probably thinking that sounds extremely scary, but this is coming from a 10 year old, right? That sounds scary to me. But how credible is a 10 year old? Well, you know true
1: story, but how you you he, he can't even explain
0: his shredded shoes. So we'd right. have to have something for that. Well, that is a good point, but approximately an hour and a half later, The creature showed itself yet again. This time, though, it was at one of the Garrett's neighbors, Harry McDaniel. It was about 9.30 p.m. Henry and his wife had had come home, and they found their children, Henry Jr. and Lil, terrified. The children said that this thing kept trying to break into the house. They said that it tried to come through the door, but also through a window where they had a uh, window air conditioner unit in Mm Mm-hmm. So as the McDaniel's uh, are sitting there listening to their children's story, there was scratching at the door that everybody in the family. Oh, now they hears. all heard it. Yeah, now they're now they're all hearing it. Henry assumed it was some kind of uh, uh, wild animal, stray animal, something like that. He went to the door, yanked it open. What he saw scared the hell out of him. On his porch was a red-eyed monster that had terrified his kids and Greg, Greg Garrett just a short time before that. Henry backed up and slammed the door. He ran to the closet, got a flashlight and a twenty-two caliber pistol. He told his family to stay together, wait for him. So Henry then went and he opened the door, dead set on, on protecting his family and his home, obviously. Mm-hmm. There it was. Proof that he was not hallucinating or just imagining things the first time that he saw this thing. He described the to the, uh, the creature to the police as this. It had three legs on it, A short body, two little short arms coming out of the breast area, and two pink eyes as big as a flashlight. It stood about four and a half foot tall. It was grayish colored, and it was trying to get into my house. That was his description to the police. So let's get back to what happened. So Henry opens the door, and he sees this thing, right? He immediately opened fire on it, hits it. So you would think it would just fall over dead or or just, you know, be severely wounded or something. Mm -hmm. Nope. It stood there, according to Henry, hissed like a wildcat. Now keep in mind that Henry fired four shots point blank at this thing, and he said he knew he hit it from the very first shot. No possible way that he missed this creature. Here is the craziest part. Henry said this thing jetted off into the night covering about 50 feet in three large leaps. It then just disappeared into the brush along the L&N Railroad uh, embankment that sits right there in front of his house.
1: Dang, he's lucky. He's lucky that thing didn't attack him.
0: Well, you would think. So at this point, the police were called. Henry tells the police he saw this monster from outer space.
1: Oh, he said it was from outer space. Well, I mean,
0: I guess thinking... Yeah. When you see a picture of what was drawn to look like mm-hmm. it when we post these pictures, you're going to kind of see where that came from. Oh. Because it doesn't look like anything that
1: mm-hmm.
0: we've ever seen. Now, I'm sure that was taken real seriously. Obviously, you call and say, hey, i just seen a monster from outer space. But they got to come check it out, right? So when the police show up, they found a series of footprints that measured four inches across. It looked like a dog's print, only it had six toe pads instead of four, like a dog has. Yeah. The prints also looked to be from an animal with three legs. That was determined because the layout of the of the uh, and the fact that one of the footprints was smaller than the rest. So it's like the third no, the weird. third leg might not have been a full third leg. And I don't know if they made a what do you call it, the plaster cast.
1: Oh. <laughs> Well, I don't think they did. They don't sound like it. They should have. So, but you're saying that the undeveloped leg did touch the ground, though? That's how they determined yeah, they, the they, three they prints? they could see
0: that it had three sets of prints. hmm Now, they also found scratch marks on the outside of the house that was right in line with the story that, that was being told mm-hmm. by Mr. McGann. Even with this, the police were very skeptical of Henry's story. They pretty much just wrote the report and went on about their business. How can you just do that? Well, what are you going to do?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Pull out an APB? Or... Oh, that'd be funny. So, this would be scary enough if it was a one-time occurrence. I think we could all agree. But it wasn't. On the early morning of May 6th, approximately 3 a.m., Harriet was awoken by his neighbor's dogs barking their heads off. He grabbed his gun. He went to the door and opened it. He sees this same creature that he had seen before, but this time it wasn't as up close and personal as the first time. He says the creature was out on the railroad tracks this time. He said it was just casually walking along the tracks, you know, just moseying around like, you know, no yeah. big deal. <laughs> he didn't shoot at it this time. He just kind of stared at it. He said he stared at it for several minutes until it disappeared again. Now, as you would expect in a small town, It didn't take long before word started to spread about what he saw. So after the second report, the media caught wind of the events. Next thing you know, there was a media frenzy and an influx of visitors that were wanting to catch a glimpse of the creature. I will reiterate at this point that this was a small, rural town and definitely was not used to the publicity it was now receiving. There was so much attention that it aggravated the uh, White County Sheriff Roy Posher Jr., and not only because of the fact that the attention was coming to the town that they really didn't want, because of the fear that was causing amongst the townspeople. He went to Henry McDaniel and told him that if he didn't stop spreading these crazy stories, he was going to arrest him because he was starting a panic. Yeah. So how about that? So you, you feel that like you've got a story, you say something, you call the police twice, mm-hmm. and now they're pretty much saying, it doesn't matter what you saw, you need to just quit telling people about it because you're causing a panic. Reminds me of the... Um, mayor in jaws oh yeah so let's keep in mind that this is the same story that the little garrett child next door said that he saw same description pretty much so you got two people with that same description within an hour and a half of each other it's also understandable from the town standpoint because they don't want you know, they want their little peaceful town, and they also don't want there to be a panic yeah. out there if they feel like there's no reason. You know, who wants that peaceful town overrun, you know, with a bunch of trigger-happy monster hunters in the woods with booze and loaded guns? That's oh, not yeah, that would not good be recipe. good.
1: No, not at all.
0: And that's exactly what happened.
1: Oh, you stop
0: it. Some of these amateur uh, monster hunters added fuel to the fire. Two of these hunters were from Indiana, Mike Mogul and uh, Roger Tappin. They claimed to have seen a large gray monkey dashing through the underbrush. It moved so quick that they said they couldn't get a good shot at it. And another group of five hunters started patrolling near the L&N railroad track, is where he mm-hmm. saw him walking up and down through there.
1: Yeah, but that guy's description isn't anything like the others were.
0: Well, but he said they also said it was moving so quick that mm-hmm. they couldn't even get a shot. So, you know, who knows, if, especially if it was dark? I don't know. That's true. Now, this group of five, they allegedly allegedly had a run-in with the creature that fit the description that Henry and the Garrett kid had given. The only exception was that they said that it was hairy. The others just said, said no. it was kind of gray yeah. and slimy. Mm-hmm. The five men discovered the creature hiding in the underbrush, and they opened fire on it. Just like with Henry, the bullets didn't seem to scave it. Then it took off at a speed faster than they said a human could run. These five hunters were subsequently arrested for hunting violations and being a threat to public safety. The sheriff didn't believe a word of their story, hmm. as you can imagine. In fact, he called them a posse of gun-toting, thrill-seeking, out-drinking, and raising hell. There yeah. you go. It seems to be, uh, he seemed to be pretty set on what was going on there. The final sighting was made by a very credible source. There's a group of four men, including a gentleman by the name of Rick Rainbow. Now, Rick was the news director of WWK-1 radio station in Kokomo, Indiana. They claimed to see a gray, stooped-over, ape-like creature in the woods near an abandoned house that was near Henry McDaniel's property. So all that kind of lines up. They also said that it moved faster than a man was capable of moving. It eventually disappeared into the woods. This time, though, it let out a blood curdling wail that Rick Rainbow claims he recorded on tape.
1: Oh, there you go.
0: It was there that the infamous uh, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, I think we've talked about Lauren on almost mm-hmm. every one of these cases we've done, he arrived to investigate. So he talked to all the eyewitnesses, he listened to that recording that Rick Rainbow had. He says that he heard the creature himself while he was checking out the area where eyewitnesses had seen it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Coleman said, I traveled to Enfield, interviewed the witnesses, looked at the sighting of the house that the Enfield monster had damaged, heard some strange screeching, banshee-like sounds, and I walked away bewildered.
1: And I would have ran away.
0: <laughs> Coleman wrote about the creature in uh, Fate magazine in July 1974. Years later, Coleman would compare the creature with another legendary creature that many think may be of alien origin, that would be the Dover Demon. Now, we've actually done uh, a story about the Dover Demon on our shorts, but we've not covered it on the main story. He said that the Enfield Horror was my, cl- my case investigation. It is much different than a Dover Demon. However, it was more like a phantom kangaroo, devil monkey, or swamp ape situation. Some investigators suggest that it could be associated with a rash of UFO sightings that were in the area during the same time period. Then you've got paranormal and, and supernatural theorists that they think that it's aggressive nature towards humans anyway, and trying to break into people's houses and stuff like that, has the earmark of a classic demon attack. Oh. And that's why a lot of people compare it to the Dover demon. My question is, could it be both? This wouldn't be the only story that that I've ever heard of where alien and occult-type connection could be. You know, some people claim that they think that Bigfoot could be an alien, and that's why we don't find any bones. They're just, they come and then they go, and they're never here roaming around the forest for good. But in this situation... This is more of a cryptid that could actually have a demon type uh, mentality. So, like, for example, we're going to do this on a future story, but I'll touch on a little bit now. You have the Northport Devil case, and this is a case that's in Florida and involves Michael Rowley. He also claims that he's had creatures that have terrorized him and his son at their house. They say that the creatures are both uh, extraterrestrial extraterrestrial and demonic. Gosh. Which basically would, in a sense, make them aliens from hell.
1: Oh, man. That does not sound fun.
0: <laughs> it does not. It's a popular theory, though, on this whole thing, was that it was an escaped kangaroo. That would explain why it could jump and move so, so fast. So
1: fast, yeah.
0: But the problem with that is... A kangaroo looks nothing like the creature that was uh, described on several different uh, levels by several different people. Henry McDaniel, matter of fact, when he was asked about it, he said, and I quote, wasn't no kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> it was also thought that it could be an escaped monkey, but that really didn't fit the description either. Other animals that were mentioned as a possible culprit were a wildcat, a calf, Large dogs, horses, bears, or deer. I don't know how anybody could even come close to saying, if you're standing there looking at this thing, like McDaniel was, let's just take him. He's the one that saw it two or three times. If you've lived in this little rural town, I think you know what a deer looks like. Oh, well, yeah. And, you know, you know what a calf looks like. I mean, a calf's going to come up to your door and stand there and scratch on your, your. you know. And, step- and what about the footprints and stuff? Right. Yeah, you know, so... Anyway, so there's also the possibility that it could be a hoax.
1: A hoax? How is that possible?
0: Hold on. Well, let me change the verbiage on that and not necessarily say hoax, but let's say that it never happened to begin with. I guess theoretically that could be a hoax. Yeah. Anyway, so you're probably thinking, how is that possible with so many witnesses? And that's a good question. First of all, let's remember 10-year-old Uh, Greg Garrett, the little boy. Well, it turns out that he later said that the incident never happened. But I've got questions about that, too. His encounter was supposedly the first encounter, but it wasn't the first one reported. He said that he got caught up in all the stories that were making its rounds around, you know, around the town. And he made up his encounter and the date to make it look like he saw it first. So what about the hunters?
1: Well, how does he explain his shredded shoes?
0: Well, I'm going to get to that. Oh. Good question, though. But what about the hunters, first of all? It's possible that they got caught up in mass hysteria and they were influenced by all these big stories. They could have made up their accounts or, in a panic, misidentified some other animals as the creatures just taking some shots at it. hmm You know, because it probably was dark and who knows what the situation was. Now, in 1978... At Western Illinois, a study was done by sociologist David Miller to see if the whole infield horror phenomenon was a result of mass hysteria. He looked into the series of events as a case study, social contagion. That's when you get a large group of people and they are influenced by group emotions such as panics, hysterias, collective visions, or extreme instances of suggestibility. that's kind of like being hypnotized. They say some people, they have that power of suggestion where if you're under and they tell you, hey, your arm's burning, Mm
1: -hmm. you'll
0: think your arm's burning. Right. So that's a minor uh, example of what could have went on. So according to the researcher, the whole incident had its basis in just a few sightings. So that caused panic and it made it flame out of control with exaggerated uh, and was exaggerated by the media and all these wild rumors. And next thing you know, the townspeople all reached a state of hysteria or epidemic proportions. Oh. So maybe everybody just Mm -hmm. was on edge, basically. Because, you know, if I I sat and told you tonight, I heard some noises in here. And you question me, and I'm being like, no, seriously, I, I heard some noises, and it kind of freaked me out. Mm-hmm. As soon as you turn this light off, if I walked downstairs, you would be sitting there thinking about that.
1: Yeah, of course I would. Even if
0: I made it up. And in a sense, they're trying to say that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Small town, people hear this. Now they're, everybody's locking their doors, and they're in a panic, and now everybody, they see something that could be the simplest thing, but in their head, it's this thing. It looked like it, even though they could have been an hour or something. So that's kind of what they say happened. We'll probably never really know what happened that day. To me, though, there are too many things that haven't really been accounted for. So let's talk about the little Garrett boy. Remember, his shoes were torn to shreds, and you asked about that. My question is the date. Now, he said he made the story up after the fact that he heard all these others. But what about his parents? Oh. He, they, they said that he came running in and mm-hmm. he was screaming and all that. Okay. But the time that he ran in screaming, it was the same date as what this supposed to have. Cause remember his happened an hour and a half before
1: mm-hmm.
0: McDaniel's mm-hmm. big, big first encounter. So if he came running into the house and his parents know the date and they know the time, Something about that just doesn't jive. I mean, were they making the story up, too? Were they part of the story? And what did happen to his shoe? I mean, did he take a razor blade and cut his shoes up and make the story? I don't know. But the timing of it. Now, if it wasn't so much a where we had a set time and a date of when this happened, I could go along with, oh, it just happened. We couldn't remember what day. But it was after. Especially if it was after the fact. Mm -hmm. But his story lines up where he was the first to see it. And... I haven't seen anything. I saw one report on this that said he uh, changed his mind and said that he made that up. So I don't know how accurate that is or the other stories that I read that never mentioned that he changed the story. So I'm not sure, but I do find that date and what happened and his parents being involved, you know, cause like I said, if he came, he could have made the story up and ran in the house and mm-hmm. said, this happened and cut his shoes up. But it, but it still had to have happened an hour and a half before the yeah, other one. Yeah. So how did how would, in that case, how did the stories influence it if it actually did happen an hour and a half before?
1: It's a good question. So, like I said,
0: his parents would have had to been in on it. Right. Because otherwise they would have been you know like, well, wait a minute, you saw this thing at this time. He says he saw it at that time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Something just doesn't jive. Because by the time he's heard the story, it would have had to been probably the next day. True. Because really the stories didn't even start getting around until after the second encounter.
1: That's very true.
0: So it just, I don't know, some, that part just seems extremely funny to me. So then you got the um, descriptions and the footprints that the police saw. What about those? I mean, that's not mass hysteria. They said it looked like a three. Mm-hmm. You know, now could it be a hoax to where they have made something where it made footprints that look like something else? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's possible.
1: But that's a whole lot of trouble to be going well, sure through. Sure
0: it is. And what about the tape that Rick Rainbow captured and yeah, the shriek that, that Lauren Coleman heard? Could just—I mean—I'm I, playing devil's advocate too. It could just be, you know, some strange sound. But these people live around there. Mm-hmm. Well, not those two, but you know, the McDaniel's and stuff live around there. I'm sure they heard the recordings and they would know if I was like, oh no, we we hear that all the time. That's yeah, uh, that's whatever, oh. whatever type of animal that we're just used to hearing, but both of these people heard something that they thought was extremely unusual for out there and we didn't even talk about this this kind of leads a little into you know a different situation this was an incident that happened in 1941 and 42 so you're looking at 30 years earlier about 40 miles away from this little town of Enfield is a place called Mount Vernon now, in these reports from 30 years earlier, locals were terrorized by a strange beast that could leap large distances and looked somewhat like a baboon. It was blamed for a bunch of mysterious livestock deaths back in, back then. This creature was known as the Mount Vernon Monster. It was supposedly able to jump 20 to 40 feet in a single bound. There might not be any connection at all. Mm-hmm. But, man, there sure seems to be some similarities yeah. in that whole jumping thing. Yep. It just sounds somewhat similar to me. And, and it's in the same neck of the woods. But, hey, we've come to expect this from southern Illinois. Because it's been that way for years, according to the Native Americans and the early settlers.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty bizarre. Sound, you're right. It does sound like a lot of familiar similarities.
0: So that's the story of the infield horror. What do you think? <clears>
1: hmm <throat> um i mean i i kind of think it's true honestly because like i said that's a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of crazy stuff but i don't know i just can't imagine a 10 year old just you know running for their life and i don't know what do you think do you think it's
0: true mcdaniel thank you ninja Weighing in, as usual. He, loves, it. he <laughs> loves a good cryptid story. I
1: know.
0: McDaniel's story, to me, the fact that it happened a couple of times, the fact that you've got, why, why would the whole family be in on it? Yeah. You know, you, you've you got scratches on the side of your building. yeah. You've got, and, and unlike you, it could be a hoax, but it's pretty elaborate. Yeah. That's not your, just your somebody just lying to get attention. That's somebody who's made up fake prints. That's somebody who has called the police and made a fake report if, you know, yeah, that's still and why serious, would you do that to your house? Yeah, that's why serious would you... You, so you scratched your house. You've made uh, this report. You've got kids who said that something was trying to get in, but mm-hmm. apparently they didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming when he opened the door that maybe the kids and family saw this thing too. Mm-hmm. So he's got some kind of backup on it. Yeah. I mean, if he stood there on his porch and took four shots at it, surely his family must have seen some of that. It's not like, you well, know,
1: yeah, you can't. You can't deny that. And
0: he he says this thing runs off. And then here he is, you know, shortly after. It's back again. And he's just watching it. And I don't know. Um,
1: Look, I think he was just hungry and wanted to have dinner with family. You
0: always just think somebody's hungry.
1: I think that he just wanted to to chill, you know. Because if he was an angry creature... I mean, when that guy shot him, you would think he would go after him, like he would, like, lunge at him or something.
0: Well, um, in my head, keep in mind, this thing, too, after after 1973 was never seen again.
1: Not ever? That was it.
0: Just that little stretch of well, maybe a couple he, of days.
1: Maybe he laid off and died somewhere.
0: I, I kind of lean towards the idea of, somebody mentioned the UFO sightings that were happening in the area. I would lean toward the possibility that it is some type of an alien or
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: something like that. I mean, to me, that sounds more likely mm-hmm. than an animal that just out of the blue shows up for a couple of days and you never see it again.
1: Yeah. Well, that does make a lot of sense. But I do feel like it, it was actually something.
0: Oh, I, I, in my mind, there's too much there for it to be nothing. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's a hoax. And just you yeah, know, I don't either. Just my thought process. And I don't think this guy, obviously, was trying to get rich off of anything. I mean, it was just something that happened and scared the crap out of his family. That's true. So, that's our story for this week. I do want to touch on our iTunes and Patreons real quick before we get out of here. Take Uh, a
1: deep breath.
0: (laughs) We'll we'll do the Patreons first. There's less of those. Ty Rowley, Angela Voth, Jason, and Don. I think it's... I think it's Hassan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, but Don's been a listener for a long time, too. So Thank you jumped, guys so much. She jumped for on your the Patreon patronage. chain.
1: Good. I'm glad you all did. We we really appreciate your support.
0: iTunes reviews joyce zero two two one L of Oz. Let me say this about Elle. She left a very nice review, and she mentioned the fact that, um, you know, We had some nice little Twitter conversations back and forth, Uh and the thing, the reason I'm bringing this up is we're not right all the time on this show. No, we're not experts by any means. We're telling stories that are out there, and sometimes we do look at stuff. And I say we, I mean me mainly. (laughs) I do take an approach sometimes that I can be, you know, have my mind changed over time in some instances. And the reason I brought Elle up you know she brought up an excellent point this goes back months ago but you know we were talking about it i'm just drawing a blank because this was i wouldn't plan on talking about this off the top of my head that the the gentleman in california that uh created the rockets that we pretty much used for the uh, atomic bombs and all that stuff but you know he was doing some rituals uh trying to you know bring somebody back and um you know In my mind, when I hear something like it, or Aleister Crowley and what they were doing, in my mind, if it's not Christianity-based, we automatically jump to Satanism. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But as she pointed out, and very correctly, by the way, there are a bunch of different religions where they summon people, like Aleister Crowley. He was summoning uh, Egyptian gods that's not satanism uh-huh. even though i looked at it that way and even said it on the show you know they are occult type things uh, as far as what the masses considered because if it's not christianity or uh, judaism or, or you know the more popular religions that it does looked at get looked at like abby you know you've got wiccan um the religion out there that's more based off of nature and you've got, you know, like, like that one. And and even the, the, um, the guy we were just talking about that I, for some reason, can't think of his name in California. I mean, he was trying to bring like a goddess uh, about, but it really wouldn't, you know, a Satan worship, but but all it gets tied into evil if it's not involved in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And she brought that up. And the more we talked about it and went back and forth, and that's the same, it was the same conversation with the first church of Satan, uh, responded back, oh, which I thought mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Uh, but I did want to bring up that, you know, and when she brought that up, you know, I did want to bring up a good point that we're not right all the time. And no. and I can't have my mind changed. And as many people who try to change my mind on the Masons, uh, trust me, I should know. And I've come around a little bit on that too. So mm-hmm. uh, that'll make a lot of Masons out there happy that I'm not listing all of you as, you know, occult worshipers and all that stuff, which I never did to begin with on the Mason's thing, it was always my approach to that way of thinking was that's all from the higher end. And the average Mason is always doing the right thing for the right reason. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's things you just don't know. That was always my, you know, approach to that. But anyway, I just thought it was interesting to bring that up. And uh, so I went touching that. So then we got V Jim, Quentin 68, Maddie M O one eight, Mojo Lobster,
1: huh? That's a Matty Mole.
0: Matty Mole, Mojo Lobster, Little Red Forty Eight, J.C. from Kansas, D Nova Two, Amy One Five Six Three Three, Lizard King Three Forty Three. I think that's uh, Jim Morrison.
1: mm hmm.
0: Emmanuel Freeman. He wanted to get a shout out. Emmanuel, here's your shout out, brother.
1: Ten stars. Thank you for that. Yeah, he
0: wanted to give us ten stars. That's not possible, but thank you. Worship Pastor D. Simone Stell. Aaron Reynolds, 0611, or just Aaron as her friends call her. Sierra Cheyenne, Wild and Wonderful Podcast, Vicky T, and my name is JJH. Wow.
1: That was amazing. That, took so
0: that is our most iTunes reviews in one week ever.
1: I, I believe you're right.
0: I know I'm right. Oh. Because so the record before was 15, and there's 19. Oh, that's there. very true, yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you, guys. That really is, woo
0: helps us tremendously. I mean, it, it you know got us to number 19 in the rankings at one mm-hmm. point in time, where yeah. we're normally in the 30s. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's what happens when you guys do that. And then when we're up in the rankings, people in general want to do what everybody else is doing. So they'll just look at the top 40, and that's what iTunes shows. they it show, show mm-hmm. you the top 40. So when we can stay in that top 40, more people see us, and it helps show grow. That's why we always talk about how important those iTunes reviews yeah.
1: are. Yeah, wonderful blessing. Thank you guys so much.
0: So, want to touch on one other thing because I got a small apology that I've actually I guess it's more of a big apology. I had a uh, listener write me the other day, and he is a gay man, and he asked if I had any issues with the uh, uh, LG. Well, he said that, but just just any any th- with gay people in general, and this was based on a couple of comments that I've made in the past because. I, just make stupid comments sometimes without thinking. And one of the comments was, we apparently on one of the older episodes, I didn't go back and listen. But, I mean, if he said it, then I obviously said it. And he said we were talking about Hocus Pocus. And I said Hocus Pocus was a gay movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we both, you know, both of us sitting here know that I can't stand the movie Hocus Pocus. But if I used the term gay, and I'm sure that I did, you know, I go back to a time to where gay was used as lame. yeah. And in my head back then, it never was even thought about that having yeah. anything to do with, with someone's sexual orientation. Now, I'm smart enough to know that in today's age, that that's not an appropriate thing to say. And as I told him, uh, sometimes I say stuff without really thinking about it. And I didn't, if I'd have caught myself saying that, I, cause I know it's wrong to say in these days. And I know that can be a very insensitive remark. And, um, you know, if I'd I'd have caught myself saying that, I definitely would have edited that out. That was not something I meant to leave in, but it's just an example of sometimes I just say something I've said for, you know, 40 years yeah, and just didn't think about it being an insensitive comment until it's pointed out, like in that case. But for the record, you know, we've, you know, myself, Tracy, we've got several, uh, friends that are, that are gay or lesbian. Uh, it's just, Not something we even think about. We don't think about someone's sexual orientation. Uh, Now, do I make jokes? Yes. Are they insensitive sometimes? Yes, because he brought up an Alistair Crowley joke. That was back in the early days of the show where even since then we've quit doing things. But, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, you know, by trade. I was used to poking fun at stereotypes. So a lot of times I would make jokes just for the sake of saying, basically, hear how stupid that sounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the way, that's what it was intended. It was to poke fun at stereotypes and, and stuff like that. But like I said, you know, our, our biggest mentor in the podcasting business is, uh, uh, Gail you know it's not a big story she's you know it's just that's her orientation it's not something we think about at all you know there's uh two or three people that helped Tracy and I when we got married good friends of mine that I've known for 25 years and worked with and just always been there for us and you know it's like I said it's just not something we think about so it bothered me to know that I said something that hurt somebody's feelings or made them think something because this gentleman just basically said hey I want to come to the Texas show but I don't want to come if I'm if I'm not wanted. And I just want to say wholeheartedly, I'm sorry if I've ever said anything to ever make anybody feel like that they're not wanted or I've got something against somebody for whether it be their color or nationality or religion, because we love everybody. And yes, I say stupid things, but it's really, you know, don't don't base our feelings off of a stupid comment. So like I said, we're I'm going to try to do better to make Myself not say stupid things like that, that might make people feel that way. But the reality of it is we love everybody. And, and we would take every single one of you into our home and give you a place to stay if you needed it. No questions asked. And it wouldn't matter, you know, what color you were, what nationality, what sexual orientation. None of that stuff's important to us. So I just wanted to say, you know, for anybody else that might have heard something like that, I apologize if it was something hurtful because it definitely was not intended.
1: Of course not. We love everybody.
0: So with that being said, come to our shows. <laughs> that wasn't meant like that. No. <laughs> but I'm just saying come to shows, have a good time, uh, meet us in person, base it on that. And then um you know, just see that, that we're who we say we are. Judge of us course. by what you hear most of the time on here rather than a few comments. Yeah. Or, but we did, I did have a conversation with that gentleman, and we cleared everything up. But I, it was important enough for me to want to mention it on here
1: mm-hmm.
0: without mentioning who that was, obviously. Of but course. I just wanted to make sure that it did get brought up.
1: Well, on that note, we would just like to say we hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. It's already it's coming up, and tap over for us, but...
0: Not half over. We still got tomorrow night and Tuesday.
1: Oh, I know. We still do. But I hope you guys enjoy your time with your families, your loved ones. And we just hope you have a blessed new year.
0: Yep. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Guys, we know the times are tough right now, and everybody's really busy. It's hard to come up with that perfect gift for that perfect someone. I got the answer for you. Your one-stop shop for all of your Christmas shopping needs. HillbillyHorrorStories.com. What can you get on HillbillyHorrorStories.com? How about a Patreon subscription for that true Hillbilly Horror Story fan on your Christmas list? Or maybe you want to get a shirt or a shower curtain, a mug, or even a hoodie. You can get that in our store on there. Or maybe you want to take that certain someone to Bobby Mackey's for an all-out experience with a show and a tour inside one of America's most haunted places but hey you don't have to come to Bobby Mackey's you can buy all of our event tickets on there Indianapolis soon it's going to be Kansas for the Sally House all of them are there just go to the event page any way you slice it hillbillyhorrorstories.com has something for everyone on your list